friends. Welcome to this latest episode of Love Service Wisdom, where I am in conversation this time with one of my best friends here in Boise, Celeste Bolan, Dr. Celeste Bolan and the Dance Commander, as some of you might know her. She and I have been oh, just enjoying life in so many forms together and co-creating in so many ways. We've led retreats, we've led classes, we go to festivals together, we teach at festivals together, we travel the world together, we take care of each other's needs at home, the kids and the dogs and the boyfriends and the families and the life. And I know I can always count on her for pretty much everything. A, a few times when I've been in my biggest pickle ever and I've thought to myself, who can I call in right now to save me? Often it's been Celeste and she has done just that. She is also the woman that I create yoga fort with every year. We're now in our eighth year and it's something that I absolutely 110% would not do without her. I love collaborating so much. It's one of my favorite things to do. To, is to create in partnership with others. And she was one of the first people that I started to, to do that with in um, a large capacity. And and we still continue to. It's, it's a testament to who she is and who we are as a working couple, let's say, that we continue to love each other so much, even as we're working together. And uh, it's, you'll hear all about it in this conversation that we dive into about Yoga Fort. Yoga Fort's a little mini yoga festival that is in folded within Tree Fort Music Fest. Tree Fort Music Fest happens the third week in March. This year it will be, oh, I want to say March 25th through the 29th here in Boise, Idaho. It's an emerging artist music festival that has, this year it's going to have close to 500 different bands. The venues are all spread out around through downtown Boise. And so it uses a lot of the community and infrastructure that's already in place, which makes it really sweet among festivals because it's not like, it's not one of those festivals that comes in as a big behemoth and lands in a spot and puts up all this infrastructure for the stages and the vendors and the camping and the security and on and on and so much garbage and so much waste and so much one-time use stuff. It's using what is already here. And there's very little one-time use stuff. And you can also sleep in your own bed and eat at a restaurant and use a regular bathroom and all those things that you wish that you had when you're at some of those other festivals. And the cool thing about Tree Fort too is it really emerged from within the local community. Hardly any of it, I can't even think of any off the top of my head at all, is from the outside in or the top down. Tree Fort saying, we want this go find somebody who does it. Even with Yoga Fort, it came from, and all the sub-forts that have emerged um, over the past nine years now, it's all just come from people in the community who are really passionate about something particular and are masters of their craft and want to share. And in like Yoga Fort, there's food fort and there's ale fort and there's film fort and there's skate fort and there's comedy fort and there's kid fort. There's drag fort now. There's like a performance art fort. 
There's Hackforge. Can't forget about those guys. And even more that I probably am forgetting about. But it's all just folks in the community that have said, hey, we love this music festival and we have a demographic that we would love to get involved. And can I please? And Treefort says, yeah, sure. And we work it all out. And it's it's really unique. It's a rare, rare, rare special gem. And it's something that I look forward to every year. The very first tree for it, uh, back in 2011, I want to say, I didn't help out with it all at all. I just came as a participant and it blew me away. It was one of my most favorite, just like heart, beautiful, fun, well-organized, such good music, such, such good times that I think I've ever had. And I've been dedicated to it ever since. And a lot of it's just volunteer work, giving my time and my energy and my mind. And Celeste does this too. And so we do it, this yoga fort piece together in partnership and creates three days. This year it'll be March 27th through 29th. We do three days of a full schedule of classes, like 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and most of those classes, in years past, every class has been paired with a live music performance. This year, we're diverging and growing a little bit where we'll have some workshops and some panels and different talks, and maybe not all the movement classes will have live music, but most of them, all of them on the main stage will. We'll also be having this second stage. That'll be the one that sometimes doesn't have the music, but it's been a big mission and passion of ours to merge these two worlds together, which I think we do really well. And we bring out some of our dear friends that we've met as we've traveled the world teaching Sheila Bringy and Masood Ali Khan and Clinton Patterson and Brent Cooker and Neelam Jeet is coming out this year and Oliwa is coming this year. And of course, in town, we've got Brian Lauderbaugh and Devo and my guy, East Forest. And then we have this year, we wanted to focus more too on local teachers. And so we're bringing back one of our favorite uh, epic global yoga teachers who's just like a pioneer and uh, just one of the wisest, most sincere, most beautiful, most heart women that I know, Micheline Berry. She's coming. But then we're featuring local teacher Marcy Midnight and Celeste and I, we always get a spot because, I mean, we're doing this thing and we're loving it and we we, uh, we get our opportunity to be on stage and share too, but we're also featuring our friends Teresa and Nicole and Jen Knight and Corinne and Rainbow Eric's coming up from LA with his girl Stacy. We have Naomi Jones. We have Christina Braun. We've got Sammy Ruggles. We've got Isaac Prado, Colby Warner, Mary Mandel, Amanda Mendez, Julia, Kathy, Ivy. And then our friends Kate and Gordon from Phoenix, they're going to come back up too. We brought them out last year and they had a great time. So they're returning. So that's a lot of our lineup this year, plus some few other local acts too that'll be performing. And uh, yeah, all that's, that's, that's enough about Yoga for Now. With Celeste and I talk about it more in the podcast a little bit, but we also get into other great subjects too. And you can, of course, find more at treefortmusicfest.com backslash fort backslash yoga fort. I'll put a link too. 
But Celeste, oh man, this woman, she's beautiful. She's one of the smartest people that I know. She has a PhD in biology. So she's like full science brain, super, super smart, smart, smart. And she pretty much runs One Stone, this, how would I describe One Stone? One Stone is a student-led, pioneering, privately funded high school in Boise that has about 120 kids. My daughter Maya goes there and she loves it. And uh, it's as a as a uh, new entity, there's lots of growth and lots of pivoting and lots of learning and lots of changing and lots of holding space while these kids are going through school, right? So she teaches for that. My daughter's in her class right now called The Brain not class, what do they call it? Immersions. They don't use the word class or teacher or student. It's learners and coaches and deep dives and immersions. So they're doing that. And she's kind of the principal of the school for lack of a better word. So she gives so much of her love and energy to these kids in this process and the parents. Oh my goodness. While she's slashy, the dance commander. So the funnest, 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 funnest dance classes, led dance classes that I've ever been to, that I used to go to, as we mentioned in the podcast, a lot more regularly. I've definitely fallen off the dance bandwagon as uh, the years have gone by. But every time I get an opportunity to dance, I do it. And uh, I love her so much, so much. So here is my conversation Oh, before I say that too, I think I'm coming to you from Australia. So I might have recorded this a couple weeks ago, or there's a new recording and I got rid of this one. I'm not sure. But if this is coming to you while I'm in Australia, thank you to everybody who came to my class out at Inner Space Yoga in Merrickville in Sydney. And Krishna, East Forest, and I are having the best time, and we can't wait to get home for you guys and see you at Yoga Fort in March. And oh yeah, I still need to ask you to leave one of those five-star reviews if you're on Apple Podcasts. I'm up to 25 now, which feels pretty good. This last review, I'll read it to you. It's from Aki Lala. This one's a keeper. Once I discovered Radha's podcast and listened to a few episodes, I was hooked. These conversations quench my first my thirst for conversations around modern philosophy, spirituality, and science in a way that I haven't found on other podcasts. Thank you, Rada, for putting yourself out there. You're making an impact. High five emoji, red heart. Thank you, Kilala, and thanks to everybody for their reviews. Like I said, it means a ton to me and it helps other listeners find it because they think, oh, they liked it. Maybe I'll like it too. So I appreciate that a lot. Maybe I can get up to 30 by the end of the month, by March 1st. That'd be rad. I'll let you know. And with that, here is Dr. Celeste Bolin. She's smart and pretty, and I know you're going to love her just as much as I do. Celeste Marie Bolin. You know, it's M-A-R-E-E. It's a weird spelling. It is a weird spelling. Your mom got creative. It was in the late 70s when moms were feeling like they wanted to spell Caitlin 25,000 different ways. I know, but I, I think Marissa wasn't even a name. It's a newer name. It feels like a newer name. Like, I don't know many Marissas besides Marissa oh, Tomei. Yeah. That's old right. like me. All the other Marissas I know are younger than you. Mm-hmm. 
So that's to say, um, well, you're Marissa and the Marissa, they like have all the S's. But actually though, my name, do you know the story how I got my name? I was supposed to be a boy. Really? From an ultrasound? So my mom, (laughs) mm -hmm, my mom had an ultrasound, showed that I was a boy. They planned for a boy. My name was Stephen (laughs) Lee, Stephen Lee Smith was who I was going to be. And I came out and I was not a boy wow. in any way, shape, or form. I'm very yeah, much a girl. I'm, I'm staring Everything at a woman right in front of me. <clears throat> and my, I was delivered at noon. It happened really quickly. And the doctors weren't around. And it was the nurse who delivered me. And the nurse, my mom describes it as a large mm-hmm. black woman in the South, yeah. in Florida. And her name was Marissa. With one S? Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. What's your middle name? Mm-hmm. It's after my grandmother. Kathleen. Kathleen. With a K or a C? Mm-hmm. With a K. Classical spelling, too. My name was from a baby book. <laughs> I think I've heard that. Your mm-hmm. mom looking through a baby book. Yep. And she had that in another name. And, um, no, I don't think she had another one. Just Celeste. Just she Celeste. She liked it. That was okay. the only one. It's like a book of baby's names. Have you ever seen such a thing? You've of course. two kids. I looked at a book of baby names. Where did you find it? Did you go to the library? Um, a used bookstore. Wow. And the library has them. But I remember with Maya, though I knew I was going to name her Maya, but I was looking for boy names because you don't know if you're going to have one or the other. Boy is harder for me. I didn't know what boy name I would use. I have never thought about a name of a kid, which makes sense because I don't have kids. You can also do internet searches. Oh, on the World Wide Web? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And that's a fruitful way to search through names, find weird spellings, see the most popular names for the year. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, there you have it. So here we are with Celeste Bolin. Marie Bolin. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste Marie Bolin. And I like to say the co-founder, co-director of Yoga For It. And you sometimes back away from that because the first year you were more like spirit animal assist. Yes. But for some reason in my mind, the story isn't that I did it by myself. It's that we did it together. That makes me feel really when good. When we were at the Linen Building. When we were at the Linen Building. Linen, yeah. That was an intense year. I remember being there the whole time. And we had these tables set up around the back that Our were like... Booths? Yeah. But I feel like a lot of them were whomever was doing their thing. The teachers? Yeah. Or like H2O Fitness, for example, was there that year with barbells. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Kettlebells. Kettlebells. Sorry. Yes. Barbells. Kettlebells. Oh, I <clears throat> love those experiences at Yoga Fort that are like... Remember um, Kitty Crimes? Kitty Crimes. Yep. yep. That was your, well, we call it year two because year one, we did the shrine, you and yep. I together. And then year two was our first kind of like official year when we were in the linen building. We sold tickets. You just, we sold yep. tickets and we brought in talent, Dave mm-hmm. Stringer, Earthrise Sound System, yep. Kitty Crimes. Sheila. Sheila Bringy. Sheila, yes, that is that's the when real. That's we met Sheila. That, her presence as well as Masood and, and Sheila and Brent and Clinton and... Um, Miles has been, and now Nilamji, the top of players, they hold such like the sweet, sweet. They are the heart chakra of yoga fort. I, I don't think like, I would Sheila. do it without them. It would not make sense to bring no. in anyone else that does kirtan no. or play like that. One, they're so talented and so good. And over these years, we've known them now. Let's look at it eight years. Yeah. We become quite good friends. Oh, yeah. And they're kind enough to come out oh. and do it for us every year. And play for so many different classes. And, and Sheila's such a sage. Mm-hmm. She knows more about Kirtan and like 
history as well as like the, what's it called? Music ethnicology of that mm-hmm. Indian devotional music than like anyone. She's amazing. Hope she listens to this podcast and hears me say that. I have so much respect for her. She teaches it. She teaches at Naropa. I know. It's incredible. Raga, the Bhav, the Bhakti. So, hmm. Yes. Sheila. Sheila and Clinton and Brent and Neelamjeet are coming out this year. Yep. Masood is coming again as well. Masood Ali Khan or Moose, yep. the most handsome hung drum player that you'll ever meet or ever see. <laughs> With the sweetest, most intentional um, vibe. He's so sincere. He's very sincere, super yeah. loving, very thoughtful, a sp- like a PhD in spirituality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moose is actually the one that connected me with Sheila back that year at the Linen Building. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So you met her for the first time at the Linen Building? Yes. Yeah, because he said, you have to bring out this woman, Sheila Bringy. Well, we had so the CDs at the yoga studio. I'd heard her before, for sure. Um, No. No? Okay. You hadn't. You hadn't. That was the first time. Okay. That was the first time. And so thankful to Moose for that. And it's all about connections, really. A lot of Yoga Fort is the connections that you and I have made out there in the world through our travels for music and yoga and festival, dance life, and then our experience too at different festivals. Mm -hmm. And then our experience with Tree Fort here and thinking, oh, what we experience out there, let's bring it home. Let's bring it to our people. Let's give that to our people instead of having to go somewhere to do it. We can do that. And the whole like, it makes me think, um, and the whole spectrum of experience, for some reason that's really, not for some reason, I think I know why, it's really important to me in a festival atmosphere because I think when you're going to your normal yoga or dance or mindful practice meditation, whatever it is that you're doing the things you do, you go to CrossFit, you do whatever, the things where you engage in people and movement and community on the regular, it's Mm -hmm. wonderful. And like, I have that in Sage, I have that at 28th Street, I have that in Outsource. It's great. Festivals are different. It's like where you're going to spend an immersive experience over multiple days that has all of that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. within like two hours, you're experiencing like the really high end, really ecstatic, really energetic, and then the really restorative, contemplative, inward facing. It makes me think of the symbiosis experience. Remember? Which one? The one where you were teaching a yin class. A yes. restorative yin class. I was teaching my Satchitananda Vinyasa class yes, at Symbiosis, right, and it was 2016, I yeah. believe, and Moment Drew was my music, yeah. and we were in the big stage, and there's maybe like 250 people there under this big tent. That was huge. And not far away was a <laughs> dome that also had a class going on, and it was Christy Christensen, who we didn't quite know personally at the time. Yeah. And her class was bleeding over into mine. And yes. we were having the like ecstatic Christy experience. Oh, yes. And it was so screaming good. Yes. and hollering and whooping and wowing and ah. Yeah, it was a crazy. It was a great. Tidal waving over my class. That yes. was that was like how I like to teach. Oh, nice you were, and it was so it. you were in such like wonderful bliss state. I think hers started kind of like in the middle of yours. Yeah. So by the time you were going into Shavasana, she was like ramming up. Yes, like the peak experience. And I love her for it. I love her for it. But that's a festival experience. Like you could leave yoga for it. You could experience, who knows, maybe it's Kirtan with Sheila. We've been talking about Sheila and I'm sure Masood will be there and Brent and Clinton and all of them. Really, and it can go really bhakti, like really like next level, but then it's also really 
inward and it's very collected. I feel like I'm in a container when I'm in a kirtan. Mm-hmm. You could leave and go see like Screamo at the Neurolux five minutes later. And that's part of like Tree Fort Boise experience. I love that. Yeah. Like, that's the festival. It's got yes. something for everyone. Yes. And it's you experiencing all the things, if you'd like to, the things you want to and things you don't want to, you just don't have to, in a moment, like a departure from everyday life. It's not just like going to your yoga class, you know, Tuesday at noon with Marissa. That's an amazing one. It's different. It's like having this immersive experience that then you meet new friends. Then you maybe experience it in a new way because you're in a big room or a room with big windows that overlooks the valley. And the live music. And the live music. Mm -hmm. And then just stepping into the festival class experience environment for, let's say, like regular studio Mm -hmm. or home yogi. That's stepping out of their comfort Mm -hmm. zone. And so it's it makes it... I would might I might feel like a new like sparkly clean sheen on it because it's out of the the normal groove of how we do it, and then that's enlivening just by itself. Giving your like it t- it takes a risk, right? Yeah, I was like, just this thinking is new. That. This is different. Okay, I'm gonna go to that. I don't know what it is. There's a moment of trust. Like I'm I was surrendering just say into trust. this. Yeah, and then you go. And uh, we've heard from our participants they really like it, and a yeah. lot of them seem to come back year after year, and they really look forward to it as the festival, the yoga, spiritual, dance, fitness, movement, music festival here in Idaho. Yeah. Exploration. Exploration of self in whatever way you want to. I think it's evolved a lot too. I mean, you and I are 40 now. (laughs) (sighs) I'm almost 41. Yeah. Birthday's coming up. Mm -hmm. So glad you're gonna be back for your birthday. Me too. Um, And it's, I think as things are evolving in the world, it's changing. Right. Yeah, I, I know it would be impossible saying. for us not to. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking back. There's like Facebook memories that pops up. And yeah. that one from eight years yes. ago, that was you and I at the shrine yeah. for year two. Maybe yeah. it was year one doing the um, launch party. Tree Ford had its launch party at the shrine. And we were three. like, we're going to do, maybe it was your, yes. If we count we're the year one as one. We're going to do a um, flash mob <laughs> into mm-hmm. the middle of the crowd at the Tree Ford launch party oh, we at the did shrine. It. And we did it. Oh, and did we, we, we were more like, punk rock 80s style yogi we did a yoga pyramid we did we had (laughs) we had like weird acro yoga we held carolyn up in lotus pose a way up in the air kind of like think like a jewish wedding on a chair but she's just like a yogi in lotus pose yes signs we had to practice we had to practice for it there's that picture of me holding the sign i can't remember what it says does it say yoga for it it says something crass i think it's like um detox retox mm -hmm, yoga for one of them (laughs) Which for some yogis was like, Mm-mm, yeah. I'm going to turn my nose up at that and not come. But we were just being really fun and playful, one. Yeah. And we were also, our, I think our intention was connecting to with like the non-yogis, mm-hmm. like yoga and all of this other biz can be fun and playful too, because it can be. Yeah. And then now, would we do that now? No. It might not be because we don't want to do something, you know, I don't know kind of outlandish, but maybe it's not. I think it's um, just an evolution, like you said. And it's the energy, mm-hmm. you know, that I could, not that there was anything wrong with that energy, but that energy goes other places. Yeah. We've changed so much. I we've know. still done the launch parties. We did the launch party mm-hmm. a couple of years ago where we had the dance off. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun. Then we had the dance party or the launch party where we did the guided chakra meditation. Yes. The whole crowd at the yes. launch party, we led them through a meditation instead awesome. of like wildness. I think that was the last one we did. 
Yeah, where absolutely. We came up, I came up right before I walked on the stage for this guided meditation. I was standing there. I remember it so clearly thinking like, okay, I don't think I want to use Sanskrit words. And oh, yeah. how do I greet them? And I don't want to say namaste because that's maybe weird. And they don't know what it means. I'm like, what sounds like namaste? I'm like, oh, blah, blah, hey. <laughs> That'll be our phrase. We'll say blah, blah, hey to each other. Yes. Blah, blah, hey. Blah, blah, hey. So now we still say blah, blah, hey. And that may, that's part of the evolution that I've loved so much too, is seeing like our love of music and like love of tree fort is real. Like I've not ever missed one. I was the one that was like waiting early in line, the ticket queue to get the 50. Mm-hmm. Remember that were discounted? I don't, I don't know if that, that happens anymore. We're talking it like does. tree fort. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. Like tree fort one or two. I got one of those. It, it was like before $50 yoga fort was ticket. Really, that was probably yeah. year two. Yes, I got one. Um, which is great. And it's so good that it still happens. But I remembered part of the intention and it's still part of the intention. It's still huge there of Yoga Fort was Tree Fort's incredible. I just want to get in there and know the people that are helping to make this magical event and just give back as well as one thing that I see as our gifts to share is how we cultivate a movement atmosphere, even if we're not leading the experience, being like, oh, they should come and try our thing because we're trying their thing and their thing's amazing. Mm -hmm. But a gift of mine, as it's been I think for all the festivals I've gone to, you know, for a while I was helping with all sorts of things. I mean, I've tried helping a vendor. I've tried, um, which I still love, carrying a giant puppet. You know, shout out to Sam. Um, Still love that. But it's like, when I dig deep, I'm like, well, what is the thing that I really feel like I want to offer as a gift, like genuine gift? I'm like a movement experience and one that can be really labile. It can go with whatever the feeling moment is. Labile, yeah, like... um, I've never heard that word. Well, volatile would be like it would light on fire. Labile means that it could be it could be changing forms very quickly, hmm. like in a, in a moment. Oh, you're you're a scientist, aren't you? Is that a science yeah. word? I don't know. You're making me think about it. I don't. I don't know. Maybe like a compound is labile. <sighs> it depends on the compound. You know, compound is just like any mixture of molecules that are bound together. Two molecules is a compound. So maybe. Anyways, but I think that that's that's a gift. I have seen you do it too, where you're in a movement experience and you have a plan, just like Don says, planning is priceless and plans are useless. Mm-hmm. And in the moment you're like, oh, the, there's a hundred people at a festival in front of me right now. And the plan I had is like pretty good, but I think it should probably <laughs> change a little. And I'm let's do that. the moment when we were at Symbiosis that same year and you and I were co-teaching yes. that class. Yes. With like dance yoga class. Yes, with DJ Dress. Mm-hmm. Yes. We were changing plans in the moment. Had to. I think we had a mic that was down or something. Yeah. And the room kept gaining and gaining and gaining people, mm-hmm. which always makes it interesting because I had movement sequences that can be really nice to get people in flow. But you didn't learn the movement sequence. How are you going to get in the flow? So then it became like the dividing of the room mm-hmm. atmosphere. And there's Marissa in front of her, half of it, just looking at me like, just show me what we're doing because I'm just going to mimic back what you're doing. You did so good. Marissa's a really good dancer. She's That's a dance class true. dropout though. Dance class dropout. I am a dance class dropout. Um, <laughs> I, got, I used to go to Celeste. This is how Celeste and I met. We met at a party and then I learned that she teaches these dance classes and I would show up at her mm-hmm. power party sculpt classes down at Ophidia. And boy, was it so much fun. God, it was Still the is. best. It was the best. And it was later. It was like after dinner. Mm-hmm. So then I could go 
do it. At eight o'clock Thursday night was a sweet spot. Yeah. 8 p.m. Boise. The class started. Can you imagine <clears throat> staying up that late? Then the issue was is that I had, a, then I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. There was Benji. And then I had a baby. And then that made it hard. And then it made it hard to leave. And then so much time went by that the dances just evolved way past my skill level. So not true. <laughs> That's where so I'm stuck. <laughs> you don't have to be stuck. I think what's great is your... Um, my shoulders. Your shoulders are the best. And I, I quote you all the time. <laughs> Everybody do it. It's this, like, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but it's like this forward popping motion. It's amazing. But I you're can doing... move my shoulders, but I can't move my chest in and out. You can't shimmy. It's okay. I can't. It's the funniest thing. I am probably never going to handstand. That, hard, I'm not that sure part you're of my shimmy. body is like a brick. The chest shimmy, shakey shake. Wow. It eludes me. I, I want you all to picture Marissa trying to, because it's my favorite part. So the harder she tries to shimmy, the more her waist shakes. And it's like a, a dog really excited to meet you with a wagging tail. It's like she tries harder and harder than her like butt moves even more. And it's my favorite thing. And the chest goes nowhere. But kind of moving. But, yeah, but all not the, the way you're supposed all to. The hips. You got yeah, it. And then at the same time, I cannot twerk either. The twerkness oh. turns me into a Lego person also. Oh, man. I don't even want to go there. That could, that like took on its whole new thing. Like if you ever it's, come and dance with me. with twerking now? No, I think it's passe. But like the part around it that I, I was always saying, I'll say it too, might as well. People have been moving their hips and their waist and everything around second chakra, right? Mm-hmm. That's all second chakra energy for like millennia. Since like the dawn of well, that's how babies man. are made. Yeah, and so like I remember when it being like, oh, you're twerking. I'm like, what if you're just like hula hooping? Like I don't like it's right. It, it all got you know relegated. Of which I think twerking's great. I'm like, is the twerking though the specific when the booty ass just shakes by itself? I think so. I think it's also you know has been. I think it's been appropriated in lots of ways. I don't mean that in any negative instance, but I think two other types of dance forms. Maybe, or it's been all always associated with uh, dancer culture that's in strip clubs, which, oh, okay. you know, I also have, like, absolutely no judgment about. Like, mm-hmm. people, I, that's where I'll go back to. People have been moving their bodies in authentic ways since we had a body to move in. I authentically can't work. Okay, that's there my you go. Auth- my authenticity. Although, you know, like everything, you haven't, I haven't practiced. Growth mindset. I haven't practiced. Can't work yet. Can't work yet. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's passe, so I don't even need to. Whoo, that train went by. I said it was passe. I don't know. I feel it's like, it's because I'm 40. You know what it is? <laughs> it's passe because I'm 40. <laughs> it's just passe for me. It's like me passe. Um, dance class is so great. And I love that you, that's where I was going. At Source, you're, you did an ecstatic dance. You haven't done another one, but I'm sure you will. I love it. No, I, I do wait. love dancing. I, I love ecstatic dance and I love your classes. I love being out there. God, it's so good. It's so good to move with such freedom. Yeah. It is. And that's the festival experience too, if you can get it. I think that was part of it too. So you said like meeting these people, wanting to bring that back in a really accessible way. We've tried to make it 100% accessible, which I still think it is. You can volunteer at Yoga Fort and always get a free Yoga Fort pass. Well, yes. Our intention too is to have it really affordably priced for like, we would go to these festivals and pay like $500 yeah, for a ticket. The first Wanderlust I went to was $450. Mm-hmm. That was and years ago. Yes. So like we were like, let's make Yoga Fort $60 yeah. for all three days of a full pack schedule, which we do, but then it's subsidized by 
us raising sponsorship. And mm-hmm. then that's a kind of a task, like a new task skill set that you and I have tried to take on all these years that we do yoga for it. And it's a pain point for us because that's not where we shine. We're great at like directing, yeah. you know, and creating and curating and bringing people together and creating the environment. But that back end stuff is always harder for us. But we've got a good tree fort team that has been pretty supportive over the years to help us coach it, uh, us through it. Oh yeah. The most supportive. <clears throat> but it's, it's, it relies a lot on that because of our ticket oh prices gosh. are so low. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me have my other thought and we can go back to that. But that was the other thing about the intention around yoga fort for me is those dance floor experiences at festivals have been some of the most just freeing and like you really feel like I'm or I really feel like I'm in the music I'm in the atmosphere I'm in it especially if it's a live music experience like you've Mm -hmm. talked about you don't know what's coming back or coming back coming next or coming back so you're really in the moment because you're following this musical experience of a musician you know or you don't know or a DJ you know or don't know and that is so like primal in our systems like ooh, and then you see people around doing the same thing that you may know or not know and that really helps to shed a layer of a shell of you having to show up as this person that has an identity and a place and a role and a thing and a blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah, hey you don't have to do back to that primal piece too that you're speaking of i think it is like ingrained in our bones and dna to be in a group experience with live music and moving our bodies and in synchronization too like all together there's a part of us that deeply recognizes that feeling of where it all takes us when we can like sync up in that way a full sensory connection it's really powerful and the affirmation of nonverbal experiences. Mm -hmm. You don't just have to communicate by talking Mm -hmm. to each other, which I think has gotten harder and harder as we have multiple forms of communication with the digital, you know, ways we live. But a movement, dance, yoga, collective movement experience is so, um, like, satisfying in that way of you are communicating through, like, some eye contact or even just that, like you said, this recognition of we're all moving this way at the same time we're attempting to and sharing that moment, Mm -hmm. especially at a festival where it's typically pretty loud or there's a lot of people. So like a direct conversation about everything that's going to go on is just not going to happen. You're in it. It's so satisfying for connection. I think I'm making some assumptions, but especially if there's that level of um, sort of social insecurity that can come sometimes of what am I going to say? Like you don't say anything. Well, there's that that it bypasses. But then at the same time to do it, you personally have to buy in. Mm -hmm. You have to say internally, I'm going to let go. And then that's in that act of letting go of control and being, allowing yourself to be part of a group. Because I think some of that too has gotten pretty um, stagnant over the years as for individuals. So like allowing your individual self to become a part of collective mm-hmm. without being ego judgy judgy who holds yourself back so you like drop that and then that in itself provides so much healing and nourishment yeah that's it's like nourishing your nervous system mm-hmm. like and your soul mm-hmm. you like kinetic experience like the experience of breath the experience of like even the just it can be really um just literal and direct, like the change of the temperature of the room, like literally the temperature. Like if you look at a thermostat, it's going to get hotter Mm -hmm. and then it'll cool down as everybody cools down. But like 
our collective energy did that. You, your body responds without telling it to respond. Like you'll start to sweat, you'll start to breathe harder, and then the whole room gets like more human and more hot, more humid and more human. And then the breathing and the temperature becomes more and more like you acclimate. Like you're starting to mix your alchemy with the room mm-hmm. and your body is just doing it on its own, like one foot in front of the other doing it on its own. That's super satisfying, I think, for a human and a nervous system experience. Definitely. Yoga Fort does that. So yes, I'm saying that does. that's like, the, I'm not just trying to go back to that as like a selling <laughs> point, but that's another why I care about it. Because it's a big room. It's a big experience and it's slightly unpredictable. And, and it's, it's great. One, it's creating an opportunity to do that mm-hmm. for folks. I think this is maybe an assumption too, that I don't think necessarily have that opportunity. Yeah. They're not maybe, you can get that too when you're just like going to a concert mm-hmm. and you really immerse yourself in the crowd. That's the way I love that so much. But maybe you're not doing that as often. You haven't done it in a long time and you need an in, an inroad, you mm-hmm. know, and there that is. Oh man, I just, oh, it's so, it's so great. And it's the daytime experience. I always like promote this yeah, daytime and sober. Like, you should try the daytime experience. Like, no judgment. Like, the nighttime experience is great, too, at festivals. But you can see people <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> and it's like that level of, like, connection, like eye contact connection or whatever, can be a safer place for some people. Not all. That's really great. So that yoga for it's very intentionally. It starts at 10 and it goes to, like, 5 or 6, depending on the day. You know, we're, we don't have a yoga fort 2 a.m. and probably won't. 2 a.m. You should go over to Shriners or Well, part know, wherever. of that, too, is because, like you mentioned before, we both love tree fort so much. Yeah. We're, we're tree forters first. Oh, yeah. And then we're yoga forters. And so you and I, I know, we're like, well, we got to get this done because we want to go see the shows. Yeah, and absolutely. we do. We're on like yeah. burning candles at both ends the whole yep. time. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Um. 2020, I think, is going to be a cool experiment. And we're going to have two rooms for two days, <laughs> which Marissa always says, we're not getting any bigger. We're not expanding that. We have. I've so, tried the, all these yeah. years to keep it tight. Keep it tight. We're not. Tight but loose. Saturday and um, Sunday, right? No, it's, it's Friday. Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Geoga Fort, we'll back up just a little bit. Right now, these past, I think it's our fourth year that will be in the Pioneer yeah. Room, which is the sixth floor of Jump, this incredible Titanic building downtown. Titanic. Well, like here's huge. another word. Okay, it's a mammoth. Oh, mm-hmm. that one. That didn't. That didn't work either. It's giant. Giant building with lots of different things happening. So we take over the first, the top floor for Yoga Fort. Last year we added the fifth floor, their movement room, which is their um, movement studio. As yeah, it's, it's called. Move. Move. Yeah. Yeah. And we program that for just Saturday. And this year we're adding the Friday schedule all day as well because we had so many great local teachers submit and we wanted to include them. So we've got double programming Friday and Saturday, which we have never done before. Not all of those classes, though, will be with live music, which was an early mission of Yoga Fort to partner everything with a, a live music experience. And we're also going in a different direction too, where some of them are more like workshops and we're having a panel, we're having a breathwork class and we're doing more meditations and things like that. So different styles of classes that connect. Yep. Which makes me really happy. That's the, the mantra I'm sticking to for 2020 is we're so glad you're here. And we're just hoping that that affirmation 
reigns true as you come in. Like, you know, it's, it, yoga forts for everyone, just like tree forts for everyone. That's been a tree fort mantra for a really long time. Um, but then I want to like take it one step farther and like, it's not just for you. We're actually really glad you're there. Like it, it only works. Like the energy only works if people show up. Yeah. That show up gets little. Show up and participate. Yeah. And, and, and like it, it takes, it, it is, it, it's, it's a choice. Let's just yeah. say it's a choice to go and then be engaged and be open to the teachers that are there and the experience that you're going to have and the musicians as well. I think it's good. I want to make sure it's noted too, that it's all ages and kids under the age of 12, is that mm-hmm. right? Are always, they're free at Tree Fort too. 12 and under are free. 12 and under are free. Don't and bring if, your dog. Oh yeah, no dogs. Dogs are hard. I mean, I love my dog, but they're hard at big festivals. Jump doesn't want really dogs, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think dogs do fantastic around a lot of, there's a lot of people. It's a lot of stimulus. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there are experiences for all mobilities as well as all sensory experiences, I think. Um, all of it can be really rich as an experience. And I think that we're going to, you know, try to really communicate that on the schedule. But if it's something that is singing or meditation or a sit down and literally like journal about dharma, dharma-like sense of purpose, hoping to provide those for those that perhaps don't want to do an asana, like the movement practice or a dance class, but they want to come and talk at the panel on yoga and inclusivity, like great. There's things there for everyone. And if anybody needs extra help, if you need to bring an aid or want to bring help for any reason, that person can always come and help and be mm-hmm. free. So if like, you're coming to yoga for it and you feel like what would really help is to have an aid or an advocate or someone there for you to help with the experience, whether it's a sensory or mobility experience that you think is best with an aid, that is 100%. Like we hope that you come and you can bring an aid at any point and come. A little secret of yoga for we've never turned anybody away, like ever. <laughs> Our room sometimes gets full, but not the Pioneer Room. We haven't yet. 600 people can fit in there. Wow. I know. Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be incredible? Wow. Well, other thing I love about yoga fort talking about who comes is that it's also open to people who just have their tree fort wristbands. Yeah, yeah. So festival goers from in Boise or from out of town or bands or yeah. press or whoever's here, if they, if you have your tree fort wristbands, you can come to yoga fort and drop into any of our classes at mm-hmm. all, anything that you want. And I, I really enjoy when the bands come and the, and the non-yogis, let's say, come. Me too. I've seen several pairs of tight, non-stretchy jeans tight at jeans. yoga fort. Tight jeans and band shirts. I've seen some leather jackets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We had a full band on the stage, like full rock band. Shout out to the Green Zoo. Yes. Last year, our friend Gordon in his leather jacket, doing a big lean back into his microphone, coming up like a rock star. There's antics too. Like that should be like the second mantra. Like, we're so glad you're here and don't take yourself too seriously. That was like, our, <laughs> that was when we were at the, uh, that the third year launch party. We were not taking ourselves seriously. Yes. Trying to get that energy across. It's not a big deal, you guys. Come on. Come on. Yeah, it's not a big deal. What do you think is the heart and soul that drives to still to still do it? Marissa and I have these Monday night sessions that sometimes go really late. And we work on yoga for it year round. And it's awesome. And we love it so much. But I had this internal question of like, what is it that keeps you going? Like Marissa is a mom and she's 
an owner of a studio and part owner of another studio and travels all the time with her partner and has a book and has a yoga teacher training schedule and has like a million, trillion things. And I co-direct a high school and I do yoga for it and I have my weekly classes and have my other passion projects and, you know, have Mm -hmm. my family here and my partner and all the things. Um, So why do we still do it? Yeah. Well, the first few years that we did it, we did a hundred percent unpaid, which was, I think, pretty amazing. (laughs) Yes. And now we get paid a tiny bit. I don't think that's why I do it though. No, no. But I'm just clarifying that. Mm -hmm. So it's not for the money. We did it for a long time without anything. And now we get paid a Mm -hmm. little smidge. And um, so it's certainly not that. It's because I love True Fort and because I love Boise and because I love yoga and because I love you and I love connecting people. That's one of my dharmas for sure is weaving people and pieces and experiences together. And so I love creating ways and spaces and opportunities for other people to shine yeah, and have them do their thing. And so creating that platform for local teachers Mm -hmm. to be able to teach your musicians to get that like stage festival experience that we've had so much through our travels, but others don't because they're not doing that. And so it's like, let me create that opportunity for you guys. I enjoy that a lot. That's part of it. And then um, also the tree forders, giving them um, a sanctuary Mm -hmm. for dropping in and finding stillness and finding wellness and Mm -hmm. reconnection and that reset, that detox, retox (laughs) experience for them. And then I do it because the yogis, um, I want to just offer new and expanded opportunities for going deeper and, um, yeah, just different ways to do it. So that's a big motivating force. And why else? I think that's a lot of the reasons why. And so for now, my life has gotten a lot busier than when we began at years ago. And sometimes it's harder mm-hmm. to continue to maintain. We've gotten a team that helps us that we've built over the years. We've got Miranda, who's so great with social media. Now there's mm-hmm. Alex that helps her. Mm-hmm. We brought on Jesse last year who helps us with the ambassador studio stuff. We've got Corinne who helps us with the booths. We have Jess or Sarah who helps us with the volunteers mm-hmm. and then all the volunteers that come yeah. and help us. And then the support of Tree Fort Macro too. And um, so much gratitude for them for having the, the, the trust in us to say, sure, go ahead and do that thing that you want to do. We don't quite get it and we don't really know and we don't know how you're going to fund it but you figure out all the things and we'll be your structure for you and we said yes so that trust from them and then all the friendships too that we've created over the years these real yeah some of my favorite relationships with people in town are from that tribe that group of people yeah and then um so just wanting to continue to have that connection too yeah it's almost like somewhat of a sense of identity piece that I help put tree fort together in this way. Yeah. And I value that a lot. I don't know. Is that enough reasons? That's a lot of reasons. <laughs> it made me think of tree fort in all the ways that I admire it too as a really good inspiration for an organization of people that's built on people's passions. Passions is like a buzzword now. It's so interesting. Um, I don't know. I think that that undermines the importance in how you live your life. Have you heard the statistic like something crazy like Tell me the passion statistic. 
Well, this is the statistic that's on the counter of it. I think it's 70%. I'm sorry if that's off, but I know it's a lot more than 50. Like, wholly are dissatisfied in the jobs they do. They're not passionate about them. 70% of people are dissatisfied yeah. Yeah. and unpassionate. Man, that about, stinks. I'm at, the 70 might be wrong. I'm not going to get my phone out, but it's over 50. Like, they literally don't, they'll, they'll admit to it, this is like self-reporting, yeah. are not passionate about what they spend the majority of their time doing, or maybe half the time, half of our working. Just yesterday with Benji, working. when we were driving, he said, why do you teach yoga, mom? some question like that. And I said, well, it's easy. I teach it because I love it. And yeah. I said to him, I wish for you that when you're working, yeah. you were doing something just because you love it. That's my yeah. wish for you as a parent. That's the big, like you, when you apply to college now, this is a weird analogy to go, but it's just my world. The essays they ask you to write are deeply um, persuaded by what you are passionate about and how you've pursued them as a young person. And that's a little tricky. Isn't it hard? Because I think as a, a teenager, you don't really know. Well, yes, and... that's going to change. Of course. And I think that's part of it. I don't think they're saying, you know, you don't have passion. You're oh, out. man. When it's I more was like... a teenager, I was so intimidated by writing a college essay. I know. I didn't write one. How did you go to college? You went to college. I, <laughs> I had this crazy life where I was like in gifted 4.0. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? AP classes, yeah. student class president. You guys are writing an essay? No, but listen. And then I had like everything. I, I remember getting in the mail, like things from Ivy League colleges yeah. and stuff like that. And I didn't have a mentor or a college counselor. My parents, no, I was the first person in my family to go to college. Yeah, me too. So we there was that. no inroad. And I looked at some of those schools and it was just so intimidating writing an essay. And I thought to myself, even though I had like, I did so many things that yeah. I would look back now that probably made me very unique in high school, plus my really incredible GPA and all those things like that. I was so intimidated by writing a college essay. I couldn't do it. And I went to the closest school nearby where I didn't have to write an essay. Wow. It's just like, like. Well, that anxiety is still very much <laughs> present of the whole process. The whole process has changed a lot anyways since we went to school. I still have my college essay. It was in my, this little um, time capsule from Boise High, graduate mm -hmm. in Boise High, 97. And class of 97, me too. Class of 97, yeah, the, which makes sense because we're the same age. <laughs> um, and it was called Becoming a Butterfly. This is amazing, Marissa. Wow. And it's an okay Tell essay. More. But it's got a sticker on it. <laughs> it's got like a shiny, iridescent, like a Lisa Frank sticker. I, I don't think it's Elisa Frank. I don't know. It's not. No, I'm sure I just got it at like the craft store. But I sent a college essay in. I also, first person on LS out of my family to apply to college. And I probably had a college counselor, but I don't think I really met with them. I'm not aware of having one. I just applied. And I sent in my essay with my sticker of a butterfly on. I got in. I only applied to one school and I got in. Um, Ditto. I only applied to one school yeah. too. It was like, where can I go without writing an essay? Okay. Mine, big part of mine is it was expensive to apply. You know, you have to, and it still is. You have to pay a college application fee. I can't remember. But yeah. yeah, so I just, I feel for teenagers, let's say, that had that pressure to have to figure all of that out now. I was just talking to one of my other brothers about another brother who's in college. And mm -hmm. he's like, you know, our brother, Mick, he's changing, he's doing all these different things that he's not sure what he wants to do. He's a sophomore. And I'm like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, it is normal. And I don't think, <clears throat> I think the difference is, at least I'm going to put on rose-colored glasses, and the way that I love to interact with teens and people that are going through that time is just even just ask the question. Feel okay to ask the question about what do you like? 
Mm. And what does it feel like when you're in a place of feeling satisfied or fulfilled Mm -hmm. or curious? What does curiosity look like? Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes it can be misconstrued and we deal with this, not we deal with this, I came out wrong. I have the space with kids with this a lot and I will constantly be working with them on reframing of when we're saying, let's explore your passions, I don't expect you to know what they are. And I, I, I want to just talk about what it looks like to be curious of how you even feel. Like we do an energy level thing. Mm-hmm. Are you high energy when you do this? Or are you low energy when you do this? Do you want to do more of this? Do you not want to do more of this? As a life skill of asking the question more than yeah. anything, instead of knowing it as the thing. I can see that. And, and asking teens that sounds very helpful for them to give sometimes, them a framework for it. Sometimes that even brings up on more at like wanting to buck against it, right? Like, well, here's an interesting thing. I'm thinking of my own life too, because that's what we all do when yeah. somebody else is talking. <laughs> <laughs> In high school, I did the morning announcements. Mm-hmm. Senora Gavilane Schmidt, she heard me reading in Spanish class and she oh. told the guy, Mr. C, who ran the, the activities program. I remember at homecoming, we were standing at the table. I was on one side of the table buying the ticket and the two of them were sitting there and she said to him, listen to the student's voice. She has such a great sounding voice. She needs to be reading the announcements. That's He's awesome. like, yeah, I like it. And so I read the morning announcements over the intercom every morning, all four years of high school. Why you had to get there early? So we were ready. No, I didn't get that early. Definitely didn't get that early. It's morning announcements were maybe like at the end of first period or beginning uh, of second okay. period. And then I was in television productions too. And I made videos and I was the hostess of the school TV show. And then I went to UCF where I didn't have to write an application or an essay yeah. to go to film school. And then I, I obviously changed greatly that yeah. left. <clears throat> and then I had this moment when I was here in Boise in 2009, I thought to myself, what did I used to love when I was a teenager? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I did all that stuff with radio or not with radio, with um, television productions and voice and audio. I'm like, I could have at that time chosen to like go down this path into that industry, mm-hmm. voice and whatever. And I'm like, huh, maybe I'll look into Radio Boise. And then that's why I became a Radio Boise DJ. Wow, you were really reflecting on your yes. early life? Yep, 100%. that's awesome. Well, you know, you got a microphone right in front of your and face. You're wearing look headphones. And me with my podcast and all the places it's taken me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how it weaves together or yeah. I don't know. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but that passion as a teenager, I didn't have the guidance really to know how to pursue it too, or probably the confidence either. Or like the, you think of like a passion, like, well, how do I do something with that? Well, did anybody even ask you? No. No. I mean, has. that's the, that's the conversation I like to have with anyone is maybe just ask what and maybe you'll get I don't know or an aversion but then if you just keep asking it becomes acceptable it's not even acceptable becomes something that normalized yeah and trained Mm. you know like oh okay maybe that's a thing where you think about what makes you happy you know and what um what fuels you that is how I got into yoga which yeah. when you've heard me, I've, you've heard me several yeah. times share my story of how I got into yoga. And I was thinking to myself after I graduated with my psychology degree, not film, what do I love doing? Oh, I love, I love yoga. Okay. I'm going to do my whole life based around yoga, which is a weird thought to have then, but I just did it. And then all your other skills came flooding in though. Like clearly yeah. you were like cultivating skills in communication mm-hmm. and connection right. with people and space building and space shaping, like metaphorically, mm-hmm. like that's what you do. Sage, source, the sage yoga teacher training, 
all that. I had no idea what I wanted to do in high school. And I think if somebody asked me, I would have been one of those. You were a dancer. I was always. And that was just, that was passion. Always. I, my mom put me in dance classes when I was little and I never stopped. And then by the time I was in high school, I worked weekends so I could pay for like an extra dance class to go to them always. But I, it was so separate from thinking of anything I would ever do, you know, with my life or how I would move through the world. Although it's been that consistent Would forever. you perhaps have made the choice if somebody were coaching you on passions as a teenager to become a professional dancer? No. You know what's interesting about that is I, that was in the back of my mind. And this is going to, this is not a great answer, but this is the honesty. I wasn't good enough. And I had gotten that, I had gotten that reaffirmed, which is a lie. I was good enough. I could have gone and done it in multiple ways. But in lots of dance schools, you're told at a very young age, your feet aren't right. You know, you can't pirouette enough times or whatever. There's kind of these gates. And mm-hmm. I wasn't in a competitive dance school. And I heard all of that. I think that much has much more to do with me than, you know, perhaps the But it was structure. a program that got in there. I'm not good enough to become yes. a professional dancer. Yes. So that can't be my career. But I performed so many times. Like I don't consider actually, I, I, I can, it's facilitation what happens. I think it is. I know it to be at Yoga Ford and at the festivals and in my dance classes. I fully feel that as facilitation. I'm moving through the experience wholly with everyone else and letting myself go but I have performed too, you know, on stage. You know, I've been a guest member of the Red Light for years. And it's so interesting to me because I'll reflect and be like, oh, I'm not sure I like am remiss of opportunities to perform dance. Like I think I probably could have pursued more by not going down the professional dancer route. Hmm. Like that was also a revelation that came about. Like you don't, you don't have to do the thing to do the thing professionally. Like you don't, have to, you don't have to take the route to do the thing, to do it. And I would say too, for both of us, you love dance so much and I love yoga so much. And then a motivating force for our creation of Yoga For It is to turn others onto dance yes. and turn others onto yoga. Like, or let just, me give you dance. Yes. Let me give you yoga. Or just like their, their relationship to their bodies. Mm-hmm. There's been so many people that have moved through my world over, it's been almost 10 years of doing dance facilitation. It's eight. So I'm rounding up in Boise. And before that, I did a little bit in Montana. Um, and I see people come through and then they, they'll, they'll spin off into these interesting ways, like into some other, like, they're going to run a marathon. They're going to go and, um, and it ends up just being like, they change their career and spend their time doing these other, like, cognitive, like, things or these, like, aspirations because they found themselves. So even if it's they just, grounded into their body. Yes. Even if it's just a revelation that this like magical space suit of flesh and bone and muscle and energy and prana has every single answer you've ever been looking for yeah. is a win for me. God, the dances, dances are so good. I just think of all the like unknown, unconscious ways yeah. that our beings are transformed through those movement experiences. Just yeah. shaking it off. Yes. Just fucking moving your goddamn body <laughs> and yes. shaking everything yes. and getting it all flowing and the heartbeat going and yes. the strength going and then the freedom going and the silliness going and the, yeah. like, I don't know, the brain crossing every which way going. Yeah. Oh, it's there, so wonderful. I don't wonderful. know where the, um, I have this quote in one of my like dance journals and I don't think it's from the Radiance Sutras. I think it's from somewhere else. And it talks about energy being caught up. And it's like grating on your body when the energy's caught up and can't be released in some way. Like it really can 
manifests in so many ways. Well, there's, I talk about this in yoga. They call it sukha and dukkha. Yes, yes. Sukha is happiness mm-hmm. and dukkha is suffering. And the other translations like are sukha means unobstructed space mm-hmm. and dukkha means obstructed space. Yep. And so suffering and the obstructed space in your body are the same thing. Yes. Happiness and the free flow of energy in the body are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or they're both gateways to each other which I think makes tons of sense from my own personal experience. Yes, for me too. And the just logical way of, you know, there's a lot of like sitting with it talk you can hear with yoga or other sorts of... Sitting with what's happening in your body? Yes. Yeah. And then I love the counter to that or the compliment of, then see if you can move it around somewhere before you even have to explain it. Like, Mm -hmm. could you literally move it? around by moving your body in really interesting ways. That's why the breath work, man, that's, I'm going to do like a shout out to that somatic breath work. If you do one thing, you get yourself to yoga for it early and take the somatic breath work with Eric and Stacy. Change your life. Change some workshops. Life. Oh boy, did it ever. We were at Udaya <laughs> 2016, maybe Udaya Live, which is our festival we go to together out in Bulgaria. Maybe 18. And, um, I took Stacy's class and it was described as pranayama, which was um, <laughs> not sufficient in no. the description of it. And so I was <laughs> like, oh, her. Cool. I'll go to a pranayama class. And I went and it was somatic breath work, which I had done years before. It had been probably 15 years since I'd done a breath work class. And it was incredible. And then I went back to Celeste and I'm like, Celeste, she's teaching again tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. You have to go. I'll go with you. You have to go together. And Celeste gets a little crotchety at festivals. And she's like, I'm not getting up that I don't like early a.m. stuff. I'm like, I know you don't like it and neither do I. (laughs) We're going to do this together. I think you're going to love it. And she came and you really loved it. Oh, I absolutely loved it. I never experienced that ecstatic release besides when... I've been in dance experiences and it's very different because I wasn't fatigued muscularly as much as you can get in the dance experience because it's a hyper oxygenation oxygenation experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you can get there, uh, you can get on both sides of that in a dance experience. So I've been there, but my muscles are moving so much, like I'm moving around so much, it you're not able to like channel the energy into different places like with somatic breath work oftentimes you're lying down or sitting down or whatever I'm not were you consciously channeling in the breath work oh yeah well yes and no or following it so it's going to organize itself or journey itself in your body in different ways if you're not like actively Mm -hmm. in some sort of repetitive movement but I have I have stood up and swayed and things like that but I've never you know I've never been dancing as hard yeah the manifestation of prana life force energy in your body during somatic breath work is unlike anything you've ever experienced in any other way where it's like your fingers get tetany. That means Mm -hmm. they like crumble in together. And then your lips get numb. Your lips get numb in purse. And then I get this like, and not all the time, but many of the times this like hyper vibrant, bright, pulsing line of energy like through my lips and my face and my eyes Mm -hmm. like down through the heart and the way that you can feel it is so heightened yeah it's magical and that kind of even just feeling the energy unlocking in that way in Mm -hmm. your body blows your mind yes and like allowing it as like your organism like Mm -hmm. don says just to do its thing while you're just channeling breath and you can it's so voluntary you're just breathing right you can stop breathing at any time yeah 
breathing you, in the patterned way. Yeah. You could do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like you put yourself in and then you take yourself right out. You know how it was created? Mm-mm. So Stan Groff, he was one of the early pioneers with LSD research. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that. And he noticed that when certain subjects were coming down, mm-hmm. their body would start to breathe in a pattern way. And that would reinduce the psychedelic experience and extend it. And then you weren't allowed to do research anymore with LSD. And he got um, a sabbatical teaching at Esalen mm-hmm. when Esalen was first created back in the 60s. And he experimented with the breath patterning that he noticed his LSD um, research subjects doing. Yeah. And so him and his wife created that breath work together, but they have like kind of like a formulaic way of doing it. They used to. Yeah. And then that is, that is what the holotropic breath work or somatic breath work then became, which That's unlocks really cool. the the DMT and the pineal gland through the hyper oxygenation of the brain. You have more receptors yeah. in your lungs than anywhere else in your body. That's interesting. More receptors? What receptors? DMT receptors. DM- I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You have DMT, DMT yes, receptors in your lungs. Absolutely. I've never heard that A before. A phenomenal amount of them. Fascinating. Yep. So, you also have more serotonin made in your gut and the receptors for them. It's on par with your brain, your stomach. It's crazy. Yeah. So cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All the things that are in the body. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. Come experience your body. Like, not a bad way to go. Like, in all forms of a body, it doesn't matter if it's a body that's been on the planet for 80 years or a body that's been on the planet for 16 years. It doesn't matter if it's a one body of my that. Favorite clips whatever. in one of the Yoga Fork recap videos <laughs> is my stepdad, yes, Roman. Who's this? Oh, he's in his 60s. So he's overweight. He's a big old white guy. Uh, and he's taking your dance class. He was loving it. And he's just swaying. I mean, he's like, we took a normal, 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 normal and yeah. dropped him into yoga yep. for it because he's my stepdad and he came and yep. boy, was he just blessed. It's, so, it's universal. That. I just can't get enough. I can get, I will, I will do it forever and ever and ever and ever. And we have another sage coming. We can put it back to yoga for it. Micheline Berry is mm-hmm. a woman with this ability to weave it, the movement experience in such literally poetic ways. Because she was, and still is, was a writer, mm-hmm. right? And like a professional journalist well, before she went all the way. I don't know if that's 100% true, but she is very gifted with the oh. speaking and the oh. word. And she reads and poetry story. and story and mythology. And she's kind of got like the most... Um, hugely expansive mother yes. energy. She calls herself Mama Duck or Mama D. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, and that's so cool. this like mother energy, which elicits a feeling of like trust and safety. Like I'm held and I'm yes. contained and I'll be okay and I'll, I can follow yep. along. And she's so earthy and so spiritual and wise. You just wait. You have not taken a class with her um, since she survived breast cancer either. She's on fire. Yeah. You like take all of that and then you ignite like her true purpose, passion, dharma, whatever is like, this is what I experienced at Udaya, like couldn't be more clear. And you're like, show me the way, mm-hmm. Mama Duck. I will just follow you so wherever you're going to go. So we're bringing her back. She came to Yoga Fort number three. We brought her and her husband, Joey. Yes. 
And so we haven't brought her back in many years. And here she's coming this year and she's going to teach two fantastic classes. And she's also leading a special workshop on Thursday nights, an embodied leadership mm-hmm. workshop outside of the yoga fort um, container at Sage. So you can get that extra time with her too. So bringing her back was an intention of you and I, because she's somebody that we look up to and admire so much for her wisdom and power and grace and magnificence and just the way she unlocks it all for us. Yeah. And lets you, like you said, lets you unlock yours too. She's extremely vulnerable and um, tells her story, which I always love. I think that's another way of being that's making its way, at least in my realm, I don't know. I've got my little Boise, Idaho life that I love dearly, um, is that art of a story, your story of self and how you share it. Just that is so incredible for providing space for people to even ask, well, do I have a story? Maybe I have a story too. You know, you're telling yours and then letting them see that, well, we all have a story. She's great at that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Be really good. Why do you do yoga for it? You haven't, you've answered it in lots of bits and pieces of ways. I think if I get to the heart and soul of it, it is, um, I think it's what you talked about where you see people have that freedom experience. And I, that is a part of kind of my story of connection to other people. I have a very reflective personality and that seeing of somebody be free and connecting and feeling a joy, whether I know them or not, sometimes it's more, um, elevated when I don't know them, fills my cup like no other. Mm. I'm like, you just had a total breakthrough either with yourself or even just at a connection to this music or a connection that was a feeling of safety and uh, risk-taking and making a new friend or whatever. I can see it or you told me about it or I don't know, it was prevalent in some other way. That is everything for me. I think that's ultimately why I do a lot of the things I do. Why I hold a dance class, why now I'm doing taught in so many different spheres of the world. I think that's kind of what I've been doing forever. Not so much in the very highlight of doing research, although I was always teaching or helping facilitate someone in some technique. But when I've really gotten into it, that's that watching the click moment or the light bulb or the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's that's it for me. So you I love do it. it to provide those experiences for other people. Yeah. Or maybe selfishly to to be receive in, it. Be in the space of them having that experience. Mm, yeah. I love that. Like a, a total, well, maybe not total, a significant frame shift. Because that's the stuff. I mean, that's the stuff that in my life has set me off and really feeling free. And I think that's like one of the biggest things for me to feel joy is to feel free. And that freedom of self, freedom of place, freedom of identifying who and how you are and why you do the things you do. And I've seen it. I see it a lot in festival experiences and movement experiences. And If you get out of your own way. Oh my gosh, right? And trust the teacher. Like we were just saying how much we trust Micheline. Oh, so like, she can tell me to do anything. I think your students definitely trust you so much. I mean, they have to because you're asking <laughs> them to twerk their bodies and get on the ground and crawl around. And <laughs> We did a hands and knees thing down. just the other day and I saw somebody look at me and I'm like, you can do this. Just get on your hands and knees. You, this is the first movement, some of the first you did when you were out of the womb. You can do this. Mm-hmm. That you can do this. People ask me all the time, and I actually don't anymore. Maybe that's because, again, I've been doing it for a while. People get hurt in your classes. And I'm like, so rarely, so, so, so very rarely. I mean, if you come in, it's been, I've twisted my ankle, not in class, after class. Um, and I've heard of a couple just here and there, like, 
me, I'll go though one of them after class, not during class, um, stuff like little tiny things, but so rare. And it's really high intensity. There's lots of jumping and there's twisting and there's flailing and there's whatevering. Um, and I just keep coming back to if you're in your body and you're, you know, you're in your body and attuning to it, it's, that is one of the best ways to keep yourself safe. I say the same exact thing in yoga. You're in your body. You're moving slowly and and you're paying attention. Yeah. And you're, you're making the choices of how your body's going to move. Yeah. You're not going to injure yourself. And feeling your body. Yes. If you abstract, it'll be harder, a lot harder. Yeah. (sighs) Anything else? I don't think so. That was a great conversation. I don't know what you're going to title this. I'm going to title it Celeste Marie Bolin Conversation. Two E's. With two E's. <laughs> Marie. I'm Marie. I was just thinking about my name the other day, too, because as we do, we just think about ourselves as we're driving around. I was thinking. Boy, you're just always thinking about yourself. <laughs> me, me, me. You're talking, it's about me. I'm driving my car, it's about me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we know it's true. The thoughts that come through our minds. And then my mind, the thought was about my name again. I'm like, oh, I love my name, Marissa, because it means of the sea. That's the translation that the baby book told me. Of the sea. And I have such a connection to the ocean. It makes me feel like a mermaid. Oh, somebody said, oh, you're just like a mermaid. That's awesome. And I was reflecting on them like, yeah. What was the context? That picture that... Were you wearing your mermaid tail again? I wasn't. It was the picture that Greg Sims made of me where I'm standing there. And standing mermaid is called the pose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, just random musings that go through my mind. I have the Frida Kahlo mermaid magnet on my fridge you brought me back from Mexico. I can't remember when. A few years secret ago. thing about Marissa, it's not secret. She loves Curioso more than anybody I've ever known. Weird knickknacks. Like Curioso, what is this? How, why did you put these things together? And you hang it on your wall or it's like a tiny little miniature figurine that you put somewhere awkward. Marissa's jam. The more of that, the better. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's true. I let, we call it the bric-a-brac also because yes. that's the aisle in the Salvation Army where you can yes. find those things. Yes. The bric-a-brac aisle. <sighs> Especially if it's a shell sculpture. Mm-hmm. Big fan of those. Antique. <laughs> Her birthday's <shell>. coming up. <laughs> Random, weird, vintage, slightly creepy. Yes. That's, those, that's the <laughs> recipe for something that's going to make me so happy. <laughs> it's true. Yes, absolutely. I know it. It's 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 a little darkness inside. We all. It's an outlet for some weird darkness, creepiness. I think that it's absolutely fine. And you know that I really like you when I give you one too. Yeah, and you're like, what is this <laughs> shell spoon? One of my I best like friends it. from high school. She has this. Um, I got it for her when we were. I was 18. I graduated high school, and I was going to visit her. She had moved to Delaware. So she was 19 at the time. Now we're in our 40s. And I stopped at this antique store on the way up in Georgia, and in it I found it's like the creepiest tree monkey teapot, which is like scary, <laughs> scary painted monkey teapot. Oh, that's and awesome. um, she sends me pictures still of it in weird spots around her house which makes me very happy. Yeah, that's awesome. And she tries, she's tried ever since then to outdo it. Like, oh, here's yeah. the retaliation for giving me that, that horrific monkey teapot. It hasn't quite topped it yet. But keep trying. Right, it's years to come. Keep trying, keep trying. And there's some things like that around yoga for too. Yes. Altars, special things. Bring your special things to yoga for Put them on our altar great spot yeah i we created the altar at yoga fort we had it at the very first one in the um in the second one in the linden building and mm-hmm. i feel like i would never it would never occur to me to create a space 
afford to share with people that didn't have an altar. Yeah. For somehow that's so ingrained in my yeah. beingness. Like, no, of course we have like the spot that's holds the magical power for the place that we're in. Yeah. And I remember we just had my birthday party last year. Remember yeah. at the hot springs and we we're like, where should we put the altar? Yeah. In this room or in that room, upstairs or downstairs? And your boyfriend, Devin, he was like, wait, wait, why do we have to have an altar? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, who is this man? Who invited him? Uh, he gets it. He learns. He learns he, quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> One of the most adaptable <laughs> creatures on the planet. Thank goodness. We love him. Absolutely. Devo, he'll be playing at Yoga Fort. Yeah. And then he's part of Trash Fence. Look for him at uh, Snow Fort and Tree Fort. And we'll give a little shout out to my boyfriend, East Forest, mm -hmm. who'll be playing for my class on Sunday. It'll be a sonic shavasana experience. And then he's got his gigs. We're thinking at LED, the LED mm -hmm. space on Friday and Saturday nights, late night. Oh, that'll be so good. Yeah, I think it's the perfect spot for him. Oh, yeah. Like get your sheepskin rug, your big socks and go like lounge. Mm -hmm. Let him take you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Really restorative. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Good job, Gilbert. Good job thinking of that. Good job, Tree Fort. We love you so much. We're so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to create Yoga Fort within the Tree Fort oh, biosphere. Yeah. The magic. Yeah. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you, Celeste. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Marissa.